and we're back. We're back. It's been too long. You've missed us. This is season two. Of Welcome to Astro. This is season two. We yeah, we took a hiatus. Break. We're gonna get some things. What's what's changed? I left my mic stand at home. We haven't even talked. <laughs> we haven't even talked. I know. We haven't even. I haven't seen you in three weeks. Has it been three weeks? It's been three weeks since we did one of these. I think. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I was out of town. You were. I've been out of out town. town. Um, but that's not why we missed recording. I've I've just been here waiting for you to record every on our regularly scheduled. Well, I tried to do it at a different evening time, and you said that was not workable. Really? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember that. All right, so what's going to be different about season two? Like I said, I don't have a mic stand today. <laughs> so really, well, so nothing has changed. Nothing has changed. <laughs> we're going back to our um, original method. You're coming in a little hot, so that we're both coming in a little hot. That's that's because you're recording, and there's always <laughs> an issue. Uh, but thank you for recording today, David. I'm looking for on this extensive diner menu for a patty melt, and I can't find one. Uh, because I figure if it's a diner and it's a 24-hour diner, and we brought this up before, you know, we, we record this podcast in a diner. It's a googie. Um, <laughs> it's a googie. It's, it's, it's mid-century modern architecture, you know, not the most common kind of building you would see and not the most populated restaurant. It's never really jammed, which is one of the reasons why it's nice to come here because yeah. it's a place you can spend some time. When you inevitably sit next to us and we bother you being too loud, there are other seats for you to move to. Did that just happen? No, no, but it has. It has happened. Yeah. So usually it's that's a key feature. Usually I'm the one whose decibels eclipse uh, suitable levels. But I figure this if is one of the If you're new to the diners. show, Richard talks too loud and too much. Okay, well, I'm take it away, Dave. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I would like you to. Um, I'm looking on this you, menu because it's kind of an East Coast style diner in, on the West Coast, but it's it's Greek owned, yeah, which is the thing you prices, see in like Manhattan. In yeah, it definitely has <laughs> Manhattan prices, but and there is a lot of Greek stuff on the menu as we've talked about. But I figure, I mean, there's like you see a corned beef. There's, there's so many things on the menu, and it's all available 24 hours a day. And you know, it is morning time, but it doesn't mean that we have to get breakfast. We could get anything. We could get a get taste pie. of Italy. You could taste Italy. But you wonder about the things on this menu that are kind of sitting back there and don't come out that often, you know, but are always available. You kind of, you wonder about those things. So yeah. what are the things, I, I feel like something that's off the grill, like a grilled, like like a patty melt, for example, would be a good thing to get here. Yeah. I, Why can't you find patty melts anywhere? Sandwich. I never knew there was, I didn't, I didn't know they were so hard to come by. But I'm not looking for them. I'm not particularly looking for them. But, I but think when you are, they, they're not there. They represent something, like, nostalgic for me that I never actually... It's not like I grew up eating patty melts at the diner or something like that. Did you, know? you grow up eating patty melts at home? No. So how is it nostalgic? It's like a world just passed that I it's never like knew, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. It's like the 70s. It's like that the line, 70s. That line from the Uncle Tupelo, Uncle Tupelo song... Caught between the unknown. What is it? Caught between the unknown and the life. Anyway, we'll go back to that one. Caught later. between the unknown and the life. No, Uncle like, Tupelo. Uh, caught between the unknown and the life you want, but have never. Hmm. I think that it's a relatable feeling. Hey, Martha. Martha. Hey, sweeties. Happy How day. you doing? I'm fine. I miss you guys. Yeah, we you miss were you too. You're on me, aren't you, huh? <laughs> No, never. We've never been to any other diners. I don't know anyone else named Martha. Well, actually, well. Martha Washington? Yeah, she's a good one. I, I knew her. <laughs> she was. <laughs> she's from the neighborhood. Oh, yeah, she's still in the neighborhood. What did we miss? Nothing, honey. Same what's the, cra what's the craziest thing that happened in the last three weeks? Actually, nothing. It's boring. Really? You gotta make it fun. So you tell me what to do. <laughs> I have a question for you. Uh, let's see. This, so this is a this is a big menu. Uh huh. It's a big menu, my dear. <laughs> <laughs> um, get right into that mic. Huh? What's the best thing on the menu? It depends what you like, honey. I like patty melts. 
They're good. Do you and have the, a patty melt here? Of course. Where is it on the menu? I didn't see it. Here, look. And there, it's, a, like, it's a dollar off right now. What? The patty melt yes. is a dollar off and there is one? And there is one patty melt somewhere just for you. We're looking we under our select sandwiches. What, wait, what's it called? Patty melt. Oh, there it is. It's right there. <laughs> All right, patty melt. Ground beef patty topped with melted cheese, grilled onions on rye bread. Good. Serve with french fries. Perfect. Or onion rings. Now let's do a, a patty melt with uh, with fries for this guy. All right. The same check, right? Yeah, same check. Okay. How do you want it done? I get to talk about how it's done? Yeah, medium. medium I, I say medium. Oh, you did say yeah. that. Without, oh, no, what no. I meant to say is french fries? I say for the first time, medium. Um, I know. And, and yeah, fries, you right? Make me, you, you make me nervous. I know. It's because we were on the mics. It's crazy. We're, we're out in I'm plain shy. sight. You've listened to the podcast at this point, right? You've, you've subscribed. Oh, yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. Yes. <laughs> I don't believe you. I'm a woman. I'm entitled. Okay. You are. Thank you very much. I'm glad that you, we have a strong female presence on this show. Thanks you to you. You got it, honey. So that's Stormy what I'm having. Stormy Daniels. Stormy Daniels. What, <laughs> what are your thoughts on the whole Stormy Daniels situation? Now Trump has said that, yes, he did pay, pay her off, right? Right. But he's, he's copped to that. Do you have about? Of course not. Okay. No, but I think it's interesting that he's actually copped to it. But he's still like, but, it, but nothing ever happened. You know, like, yeah. of course. Well, yeah, well, he's throwing his lawyer like on the, his under wife the bus. She cares about it, you know? Yeah, right. She I don't know care. what she cares. I wonder what she thinks about when she wakes up in the middle of the night. Money, money, money. <laughs> That's it. All right, honey. Have you been following the Stormy Daniels thing closely? Of course. Yeah. yeah. It's hard not to. It's interesting. What else is on, the, on, the, on TV? Tell me. Anything else? I don't know. Like, Survivor probably is still on. <laughs> is Survivor still on? I don't have a TV. I have I have Apple TV, so I have, ah, I get like okay, apps. Okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, there's. Um, do you, do you watch Netflix? Yeah. Oh yeah, we talked about this, right? There's some good stuff on I'll Netflix. Right. Oh wait, oh wait. Yeah. Okay. I'll take a chocolate cream pie. The what? Chocolate cream pie. Chocolate? Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. This is a great order. <laughs> Thank you. You're gonna share in my patty melt. Huh? Yeah, I'll take a bite. Ah, oh, cheers. Welcome back, Welcome dude. Welcome back to the Astro. Have you missed me? Of course. I mean, you've seen me on Instagram, probably. Yeah, I've liked some posts. <laughs> you've uh, <liked> <laughs> Also, I've been hearing you have conversations with my wife. Oh, you've been hearing? Oh, really? Nice. Yeah, we both work from home. Yeah, I'm, I'm working with... So, interesting thing about your wife. <laughs> Go on. Her name is Katya, uh, but... She's in my phone because at some point I got her contact info from you, and I think that you just shared her contact with my phone. And so she's in my phone as Wife Epikina. Yeah. <laughs> I think she put that in my phone. I think she put Wife. So you she, remember who you're dealing with. So, so now, I can't remember. I would not have labeled her Wife in my phone, I don't think. What's I the think thing that did. couples do sometimes? Another friend of mine... Well, she, before she had taken my phone and put herself in there as Katya Hatya... Nice. And then I got a new phone, and somehow it moved to Y. I don't remember. Another friend of mine, couple, I have the guy's email in my Gmail. It comes up as my love because for the same reason, oh. I guess. Look at this picture of the roses in my yard I just took. Wow. It's beautiful. Never be too busy to stop and snap a dope pic of roses for your Instagram feed. Never. That's the updated idiom of... Smell the, you know, stop and smell the roses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Sorry. I'm, I'm working with Katya. I, I was trying to think of that Uncle Tupelo lyric. <laughs> Just Google it. It was really bothering me. I'm going to throw up an Instagram right now. You don't Google stuff? No, you stuff. I'm not one of those guys who, like, Google stuff. Really? You Google stuff all the time. You're a reporter. That's what reporting is in 2018. You Google things. I just meant I don't Google stuff while we're recording the show. Thank you. Out of respect for me. Meanwhile, you're over here gramming pictures of Yeah, roses. no, I thought I would, it was mid-gram when, <laughs> so I, when I got here, so I'm going to throw this up. I'll throw it up later. But look for it later today <laughs> yeah, on my it. feed. <laughs> At Richard Parks. Should we introduce ourselves all over again? Yeah. I'm at Richard Parks, R-E-E-C-H-A-R-D-P-A-R-K-S, 
I'm at Dberg2330. There was a breach. D-B-E-R-G. There was a breach at Twitter yesterday. Right. You're supposed to reset your password and any, anything else that you use the same password for, you should also so reset those passwords, which is everything. Yes. <laughs> so I had to reset my Gmail password. I, I did it. Part of me is like... Hopes. I mean, I'm not going to remember how many places I use that password for because it's an epic password. It's like, is it? Oh, what it was it? My, my number one. Why don't you tell it to us now on the air? Because <laughs> that'll force you to have to change it by the time this gets posted. I already changed it. Now Now I have to just remember what I've used it for oh. other than my Gmail and my Instagram what and my Twitter. and my. <laughs> He's really grilling me today. This is good. Now the Weinberg <laughs> reporter is coming out. So good. Yeah, so, yeah I'm an investigative reporter. I just ask people for their passwords. What's your Gmail password? What is it? Tell me. (laughs) (laughs) And then you get the Edward R. Murrow Award. Good night (laughs) and good luck. What should we? Oh, so so the the diners are dying. You know, it's a dying establishment in New York. But here we have kind of a West Coast. I mean, I don't know what the difference would be. What is the connection between the people of Greece and diners in America? Go. Hold on, let me Google it. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I actually asked you that question right before we started taping. And then... And I told you, and now you can't remember <laughs> five minutes later? Shit. <laughs> I don't know what the connection is. but I don't either. We believe in diners here. Yeah. Maybe this should become a podcast about that. I like the idea of this just being a podcast where every week we talk about what it might become. Well, so far, so good. Yeah. I want to know if people have missed us. How many people do you think listen to this show at this point? Don't answer that. I haven't looked at the stats, but I feel like we kind of topped out at 70. We topped out? No, we... we our our highest. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We have. Yeah, we used to break a hundred every week. Really? Yeah. Huh? Until the the decalogue. Until the decalogue. <laughs> yeah, which we still haven't recovered from. Um, but the last episode was unusual in several regards. Right. There was beer. There was beer. It was recorded in the afternoon. It was the first episode we allowed alcohol. Nick White was there. Yep. And God, that feels like so we recorded on three mics and there's like an echoing effect in the... I still haven't listened to it, apparently. What do you mean apparently? Did you or did you not listen to it? No, apparently oh, yeah, there's an yeah. echo you effect. You were like texting me and be like, what the fuck? Why Why did you not use my... Uh, I'm not here. No, I'm, you, like, I'm like, I did. It sounds good. And you're like, oh, okay, I didn't listen. <laughs> I got texts from people intel from? saying... That, Listeners texted me, said, where's your mic? And I was like, why didn't you use my mic? Because I knew you were having trouble with it. I always have trouble with the recording. And, and then, then you had trouble. You, want, you tried to retransfer your files to me so that I could do it. but it wasn't working. The internet in my house is not good. <laughs> it kept not getting to me. And so then when I was out of town at some point, I landed... Uh, I was on a plane and I landed and I got a text from you that the show was up and I got simultaneously got two texts from two different listeners asking me what was wrong with my mic. <laughs> and so it was different in that regard. I still haven't checked it out. Why, you, why would you? Usually I go home <laughs> and, and, and just you? throw on the Astro at the end of the day. <laughs> but so that was a while ago. And so now we're in season two and maybe it could become <laughs> about... Maybe it should be about diners or what's going on with diners or this diner, the history of this place. I do feel like there's this whole thing that happens. I just witnessed it where, like, Martha's boss is like, get over here. You can't be talking to those guys for so long. And I sense that there's, like, a little bit of maybe resentment from the other employees that Martha gets to be a that part she's of the star? magical <laughs> show over here. And I am curious. That's about how you interpret it. It's, it's not that... You don't interpret that as the establishment maybe being feeling some hesitation about how they've. I'm sure, there's a little bit of that in there too. Well, she's great. And I she, know. Yeah, and then we had Roman on the yeah, show Roman's last great. time. Just, 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 we, I mean, do you look, think that's what Martha meant when she said cheating on her? Do you think she knows about? No, Roman? she she always every time we're like miss a week or she always uses the phrase you've been cheating on me but do you think she knows that we had roman for our server 
Are your yeah. levels as high as my levels? Because I don't want to... My, voice, my levels are... Yeah, my levels are fine. I just don't want to be like the big, fat voice on this show anymore. That's who you are. Why don't you just embrace it? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's your role. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> You're... You're saying that I think because the you know that the that's levels what I are changing because I keep I'm holding the mic with my hand, so it's harder for me to like. I know. I just want to make sure that you're, because you're like the cool, laid back, like mysterious one. Yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. I don't know why everyone thinks I'm mysterious. <laughs> I'm here. I'm I'm open. What 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 is it? I feel like I'm. Bit laying bare all my deepest, darkest parenting fails and uh, whatnot. Those have been good. You feel like you've been open on this show? Yeah. Willing to talk, willing to go there yeah. wherever it is? Yeah, totally. Maybe I'm just a bad interlocutor. <laughs> Maybe I'm a bad interviewer. It's not an interview show. Oh, hello. How are you? Come on over. No? No. Come say hi? No? Okay. Okay. Nice to see you. So sweet. Yeah. You know, the staff just, here... Just like hounding people to come over to our table <laughs> well, and talk I, on the mic. I was trying to correct for what you interpreted as... I feel as much better new... about it now. I feel like... Maybe, maybe I think you were wrong. Like, no, I feel like oh. just extending the offer is like... Feeling like everyone's invited to be a part of this thing that we're doing here. These mics are for everyone. Should we just start walking around to the other tables? <laughs> that would be a fine finale to the Astro. We would finally get, get ourselves kicked out. Totally. I want to leave the Astro in handcuffs. <laughs> <laughs> what would be great is if we could get those cops to arrest us that we ran into on the second episode. <laughs> That's right. What were those were firefighters? They were firemen. Whatever. They're Former firemen. cops. Right. They probably got some handcuffs later on. So it'll be like the wire. The Astro will be like the wire. This is, this is basically like the wire. Yeah. <laughs> the wire of chat shows. Except we started, I think if you were any character on the wire, you would probably be Ziggy. Which one's Ziggy? I don't know. He's like addicted to something. He works on the ports. He's, you know, part of the, I, nobody likes. Is it a bald guy? I think it was season three was the one that was about like the Polish guys. You know, season the, two. The, the longshoremen. the ports, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. People kind of kind of hate on that season yeah. but well you know season one was amazing season two was not as amazing i, I think it's all it. great it's all great but it's time to rewatch the wire again i've only seen it once the only season that i think i haven't watched twice is five which is the one about the, the papers the journalism season because that's my life <laughs> i need to watch that journalism journalism is a young man's game let's face it yep because all the old men are creepy and sexual predators. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, if you last that long in journalism, you got to learn how to be a creep, which I never did. <laughs> so I got out. Got out early. I think that my um, first salary as a reporter was $325 a week, I'm pretty sure. I think so. Not much money. Nope. Got to do it for the love. And then, I mean, I got up to the highest paid editorial position in that company. And I didn't even stay a year in that position. This is Fox News? This was back at Fox this News when, when I started Fox Sinclair News. Small Sinclair station out in the Midwest? Yeah, when we started Fox News... It was about, you know, we were all there for the love of it. So the money was just, I mean, I was like, you get $325 a week to start Fox News? It was just an added, I didn't even, I was surprised when I got my first paycheck. I was like, you're going to pay me for this? I thought we were just doing this for, you know, the love yeah. of Fox News. This is where you need to come up. You need to come come into the save me here. You need. Oh, to, someone's gonna save us. Very fresh because it's the first piece. Oh, it's delicious. Wow. Almost like you guys. Oh, Martha. Yeah. Do you want some ranch dressing for your French fries? Yes. Okay, come I'll on. be back. I promise you. Thank you so much. This is beautiful and it's worth a photo. Yeah. 
Should we say our weekly D- prayer? Describe what we what we have in front of us while I take this. I up. have a one of my old classic orders: a slice of chocolate cream pie, a cup of coffee. You have the signature famous sandwich, patty melt. One blue toothpick, one green French fries, pickle, <laughs> coleslaw. Weirdly, no parsley. No parsley. Mm. Tell us about the parsley. Usually every dish you order at the Astro comes with a parsley garnish. Not this one. Curly parsley. Curly Thank parsley. You. Thank you. And a side of ranch for and the fries. A side of ranch. I'm excited about this. Are you going to have half this patty melt? I'm not going to have half of it, but I will have a bite. It looks really good, actually. Looks great. Yeah. Are you going to use that napkin? Yeah. Cool. There's another napkin under your I'm coffee. I'm going to steal bag. one. I know, but I I spilled my coffee, and it's there to sop up the spillage. Mmm. Mm-mm-mm. Dead air. Dead air is a killer. What did he, come on. That pie was so delicious, I just had to, like, right. meditate on it for a second. Let's see what this is like. Mm. Good? Whoa. Whoa? It's good. Whoa? Best thing you ever ordered here? This could be the best thing I've ever ordered here. Wow. And it really is cooked medium rare. Yeah, dollar off. Uh-oh. <laughs> when the like, patty melts a dollar get off, rid of all this definitely order it. <laughs> Take a dollar off the patty melt. I did ask for medium, too. Well... I'm very happy. Mm. Want some fries? Yeah, I'll have some fries. I like it when fries are paired with something like ice cream or... Oh, yeah. My favorite thing as a kid was to dip my Wendy's French fries in a nice big frosty. You eat a lot of fast food growing up? I did. Really? Mm-hmm. Papa Weinberg and Mama Weinberg would take you to your favorite... Fast food restaurant? Yeah, Taco Bell a lot. Taco Bell. You mentioned Taco Bell. Fair amount of McDonald's. In summing up how you grew up, you mentioned hanging out in a parking lot of Taco Bell, I think. Yeah. And then I told you, I did that too. Did a lot of Taco Bell parking lot hangs. And then I ate fast food for lunch every day in high school. It was off off campus, so. Oh, because you could, like, drive there? Yeah. Or we could walk there when we were freshmen. Burger You're allowed King, to eat. Okay. Taco Bell. Tell us about your and orders then, like, the at some local of these places. Place. I've been getting the same thing at Taco Bell my whole life, basically. Not my whole life, but I get a bean burrito, no onions, cheese quesadilla, and then whatever new crazy item has popped up on the menu, I'll try that. Huh. That's an interesting order. You wouldn't get the hard shell tacos? Nah. I don't really like the meat at Taco Bell. I mean, it's grade A. It's mostly, but not meat, isn't it? Isn't it mostly just sawdust and soy? I mean, McDonald's is mostly soy, I think. I don't know about Taco Bell. You know about the original, like where sort of model for Taco Bell came from? Mm-mm. I know it started in San Bernardino. Cross the street from the original McDonald's. I don't know if that's true, but... It is true. No. I did a little bit of reporting up in San Bernardino. Oh, so tell us more. On the original McDonald's. Do you know about Albert Okura? Why haven't you told me about this? I haven't told you about this? No. Yeah, it was... I've been working with you on a story that is about McDonald's for what feels like 800 years. (laughs) (laughs) I could have sworn I told you this. Tell me yeah. again. There's this guy, Albert Okura, this Japanese guy who lives in San Bernardino. He believes it's his destiny to sell more chicken than any other human being on the planet. And he worships Ray Kroc and McDonald's. And he bought the original McDonald's building and turned it into a museum. 
and he has a chain restaurant himself called Juan Pollo, which is sort of like a ripoff of Pollo Loco. And he's probably not going to sell more chicken than anyone else on the planet, but he's trying. I think he's got over a dozen franchise locations across the Inland Empire and maybe here in L.A. too. Really? Yeah. I have his book. He wrote a book. Uh-oh. What's wrong? A couple of uh, law enforcement officials just walked in. <laughs> They're over there. Yeah, no, Albert Crew, the chicken man, he's he's great. And I interviewed him for a story about... I did a four-part series on the bankruptcy of San Bernardino. That's right. It was the first city in the U.S. to declare bankruptcy. Second. Second. Who did it first? I want to say Stockton. Really? It was a Northern California city, or, or oh. Central Valley, California city, I believe. What's up San with Bell was the these largest. days? Is was Bell the still in bad city. shape? I don't know. That was great reporting that was done in the LA Times about Bell. I thought. I don't read it. I don't read newspaper verse. When I was a kid, one of the sort of iconic jokes that you could tell on the playground was... All right, you ready for a joke? Yeah. The LA Times. <laughs> do you get it? No. Because it's a yes, joke? Yes, you do, because everyone got the LA Times. Uh, not because it's a joke of a paper that was... No, it was a great paper. This is pre-Tribune. I mean, it's still a pretty good paper. I don't know. I love the LA Times. It's still a very good paper. Shout out to the LA Times. Yeah. Um, For but, all you poor folks who live on the east side and now have to can you tell Secundo. What was that? They're moving the paper to El Segundo. You didn't know that? Oh, yeah. I have heard that. That's too bad. Yeah. Let me get a bite of that patty melt. I'm going to put the mic down for this one. Oh, really? He's going to put the mic down? I hope that you'll maybe even consider just having half of that because it's so good. Yeah, you need protein. You need... Now I have to operate David's microphone while here. Why you have to sleep, you said? Oh, he's got it. That was a good bite. That was a heroic dose, as they would say in the psychedelic community. Mm. Yeah, it's good, right? Mm. Fair amount of that cheese that you love so much. I love American cheese. Yeah, it's it's packed in there. American I, cheese might be my favorite cheese. I don't know what the iconic cheese is with the patty melt. I thought it was Swiss. But this feels correct. I'm very happy with this patty melt. I love the onions. Hold on, David's getting a call. Text. Oh. Do you need to pick it up? Should we do a call in? Call out, Seg? No, we're good. We're good. I had a little panic because I was like, fuck, I have to have the car back by 10, but that was yesterday. Oh. So you guys are a one-car family, right? We are a one-car family. Is that a tough? It can be. Our good friend Betsy has lives down the street from us. We borrow her car from time to time. We're... I'm coming over later today to your house. You are? Yeah. We had to record at three. Right, exactly. That's right. Forgot about that. Pickups. We're going to do astro pickups. We're, yeah, wouldn't that be great if we actually took this thing and edited it and we we're like, oh, I didn't like the way I said that thing about uh, Stockton. Let's do pickups. Punch in and. Yeah. And it was done in, like, a really dry-sounding, like, studio environment, like too? Like, the, the ambi dropped out? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think we're on to something. I think when we say take the podcast in a new direction... What's the best film you've ever seen? I don't know. I mean, I feel like the film that had the biggest impact on me and that was my favorite film for a long time, and, you know... It doesn't mean that I still think it's the greatest film ever. You know, your tastes change. But American Movie, the documentary. Oh. Why do you love it so much? I just, I don't know. I love Mark Borchardt and Mike Shank as characters. I love stories about eccentric underdogs with, like, crazy dreams of, of you know, crazy grandiose dreams. Yeah. My friend Mark and I were obsessed with that movie, so we we drove to Wisconsin and found Mark and hung out with him. And you know what's funny? Slept on his floor and drank a hundred beers with him. Really? Yeah. One hundred? 
drank a hundred beers. I mean, a bunch of other people came over. But you, you had bought a hundred. We bought a hundred Pabst's. Yeah. Well, we just like he. We went to the store with him, and he was like, "That's not enough beer. That's not enough beer." And he just kept grabbing more cases, and we're like, oh, "Okay, like we worship you, so okay." <laughs> Filled this cart with beer, and he invited Mike over and um, a bunch of other people. And the next morning, his mom like gave us a tour of Menominee Falls <laughs> with him. Wow. It was great. Yeah. How about you? Favorite movie? My favorite movie? The best movie, I should say. I used to say Chinatown. Really? No. Yeah. It's impossible for me to choose a favorite movie, but I really like the movie being there. It's like... Because it really has, like, real staying power in my mind. We should see it. And it ends in a way that you will remember and I think you will remember the last shot like for the rest of your life you know which is an unusual thing mm. even if you love a movie you wouldn't necessarily like always think of like one image that kind of like sums it up and can kind of conjure the feeling that you got watching it I'm gonna have another but this one do- yeah will you eat all of it nope yep just keep saying you won't and do it What's the shirt you're wearing? Kind of looks like the shirt that I gave you with my face on it. It's a shirt of another podcast. Oh, great. Navel gazing podcast about podcast. What podcast is that representing? Theory of Everything, Benjamin Walker. Cool. Good show. What's up with this show? That show? Yeah. It's hard to define it. Uh, it's about everything. And theories. It's like sometimes it's fiction, sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's multi-part series where he goes places. Sometimes it's a little bit autobiographical. He's into science. Fi- I mean, he has a very broad interest in things: science fiction, comics, philosophy, photography, uh, the police state. Yeah. It's a good try. So I you're starting it. a podcast right now. I am starting a podcast. Not this one. Not this one. An official one for KCRW. Yep. What's the hardest part of doing that? Um, well, the show is about my life. A lot of it is. And that's always a tricky thing to make because I just feel like if it's not good it's like a reflection of me as a human being also I'm trying to be really ambitious with what I'm doing with the stories and trying to weave in a bunch of different things and make them all smash together and it's really hard and I'm running out of time I'm on the 10th draft of the first episode and the show comes out in a few weeks and I have to have a show come out every week for seven weeks. (laughs) You don't feel like you're ready to walk away from that first episode and work on the other ones? I don't have a choice. I have to finish it, like, today, basically. Or at least get... Which is the first episode? Which is it? Yeah. What's it about? It's about my first day in L.A. The boat? Yeah. I got invited to a party on a yacht. And we had to be rescued. We nearly died. (laughs) And there's like a fun cast of characters on the boat, and but then I'm using that day, that boat trip as like a frame, as like a it bookends and a, a three other stories that sort of try to I try to weave into the middle of that, which is stories about a famous inventor and a guy who immigrated here from the Soviet Union and about my wife who also immigrated here from the Soviet Union and about us coming to L.A. It's like a coming to L.A. story. This story has changed a lot since I last heard it. Probably. I'm on the 10th draft and you probably heard the I second heard like or third draft. two and three, yeah. yeah. Because it wasn't about all that. So if you were to sum up what it's about, what would you say? Displacement and 
trying to like find a place in the world where you belong. Mm-hmm. I and hate it when yeah parties. Well, no, that well so. And the theremin. It's also about the theremin. What everyone would say at this point would be if if that's if that's what the story is about, then when you're having trouble deciding how to finish it. Mm, I don't know. I'm having trouble. Well, what are you having trouble with? You know getting what to the, do. Getting the so getting the balance of all those elements right. Like, um, yeah, all the pieces are there. They're in the right. They're not, I mean, everything's sort of like there, and I know the ending, and I know the beginning, and I know the middle, but there's all these sort of moving parts, and it's a matter of just, like, getting them in the right place, and, like, as we say in the world of radio storytelling, knowing when to signpost, because it's a very meandering story. Like, it doesn't follow a straight narrative, and so... On one hand, I'd want this to feel that way, like when you're displaced and you're disoriented, there's like a little bit of warning, but I don't want it to be so disorienting that people are like, why am I listening to this? Like, what does this all mean? Like, and so it's like yeah. a very fine line I'm trying to walk between making something that's like a little bit experimental in terms of like structure, but is not um, like so disorienting that it's, that you don't care about anything in the story. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Well, if it has a beginning, middle, end, then that sounds good. The best part is beginning and the end, I think. I mean, the boat story is great. That is its own great. Everything. And that's the f- beginning the, and the end, the mm-hmm. frame. So. But everything else in the middle is like, why are we, what, why are we talking about? Well, then why don't you just take it out? I have been, slowly. Like, you know, each edit is like, you should take this out, and I take a little bit out, and like, you should take this out, and I take a little bit out, and it's like... Like making it shorter or actually lifting things out? Well, it hasn't really changed in length, because I take some stuff out, and then I add a little bit. But it's going to come down in length. It'll probably be like a... But does everything in the story relate to the idea of displacement? Yeah. Well, that's good. And that and that's like the sort of hackneyed, you know, storytelling advice. It's just like everything has a theme. Right. Every the scene is, must relate and further that theme. How explicit should you be? Should you be like... And I feel like there's a certain style of... Show, don't tell. Uh-oh. You're not in trouble, are you, Martha? No, 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 no. I just had a, an order to pick up. That's it. <laughs> Wonderful. Do you have a glass of water? Yeah. You want some water? Some water too. Okay. You know, there's a certain style of storytelling, which I love, and I'm not knocking it, but it's like... We are going to tell you why we're going to tell you this thing. And it's, like, very explicit and, like, this means this, and they say that in the narration. Do you know what I mean? And it's like, I don't really sure. want to do that, but I don't want it to be... Thank you. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's where I'm at. I think audio storytelling is, is so different than anything else, I think. And I think that there's, like, the structure can also be often less completely formally sound or conventional in audio storytelling because it's just something it's like I don't know I think listening is just like it's like slightly passive you know like it can be a little bit and yeah most people I feel like listen to podcasts while they're doing other things and you just need like enough where it's like it's clear that like this has turned into that at some point and that's interesting you know and things that can unfold in the middle in more of a like natural or like you know not completely like formally conventional way and that's okay yeah and when it is that way i've noticed those are the sort of stories that warrant these multi-part series where it's like okay we're going to tell the story in eight parts one part is just going to be this whole detour. Do you know what I mean? So what's the overarching narrative of the series? There isn't one, although the first three stories are a part of a trilogy. It is a trilogy. Episodes one, two, and three is like coming to L.A. trilogy. Day one, second episode's about a movie I worked on. Third episode's about Katya and I became building managers of this building and and, I haven't heard and that. May one. or may have been involved in some criminal activity. 
Yeah, so that's like these three pieces sort of fit together, and then after that, at that after that, the stories are just more or less set in L.A. Some more so than others. Sounds like the the hardest part of this and the most ambitious part is figuring out how you fit in. I mean, honestly, I think I mean episode one is the most difficult because two is pretty much done. Episode four is pretty much done. Two's the one that I have. You've heard it. You've heard it. It hasn't changed much since you heard it. Oh yeah, I've heard a couple drafts. Yeah. And I had opinions about it that you said you considered. Mm-hmm. I did. But I think that they that sort of encapsulates what I'm talking about, which is like you're in the story. The story is about somebody else. We've talked about it on the Astro before, I think. The story is about like this guy who's an actor. Who I will hear from by the end of the day whether or not he's going to be involved in the project. Good. Okay. That was important to me. finally got his agent on the phone Because he wasn't involved at all in the versions that I heard. And then not I because think, I didn't try. I reached out to his agent multiple times. He never returned my calls. And then yesterday I talked to him on the phone and he was like, you will hear from us by the end of t- this time tomorrow with the yes or no. Great. That's great. I hope you get him. I hope I don't. <laughs> well... But so I think that it begs the question. So, why are you focusing on him? Mm-hmm. How does whatever you're saying or learning about him relate back to you? Uh-huh. Because otherwise, it's like this was like a random encounter. Why are you focusing on him? Isn't really answered, you know. And if he's not involved, then why all the attention on him? Mm-hmm. Did you have a write around? <laughs> I mean, he's in the piece. His voice is all over that piece. But that's because you're recording him for a short film. Right. That's, feature, that's, feature that's like. the tape. Oh, it's a feature? Did it come out? You can watch the trailer online. <laughs> the movie has not come out. But he was being recorded for another reason. Correct. And so his understanding of that recording was that you were capturing sound to be used in a film that he was acting in. That is correct. And then you're using that tape to do a podcast about him. That is correct. So that's where the questions come in mm-hmm. for me. Right. Um, and I mean, I'm dealing with this. I mean, I deal with, I have dealt with this and different things that I've done and I'm dealing with this, you know, in a film project that I've been working on. I'm uh, not allowed to talk about. <laughs> no, I can talk about it in the abstract. Right. No. Um, but it's like when you're making something that's personal and the funny thing is with audio, radio, podcasting, it often feels personal because you're always there guiding the story. In other forms, like documentary, there's less of a reason to ever put yourself in, and there's less of a convention around that. But either way, I think you have to answer the question, you know, why are you there? And why should you be there to the extent that you are putting yourself in there, you know? Like, if, if, it, if it's all about your life, what are you learning? You know, what's changing? And if it's about your life and someone else's life, how do they relate is an important question. Is voyeurism a valid answer? Well, it, I, yes, it could. I'm sure that could be an answer. I, I would just, I don't, in the last version that I heard of the story, I don't know if you had answered that. And it sounds like you're maybe having trouble answering that overall, which would be completely understandable and I think a lot of things come out and it's like those questions haven't been answered and it doesn't mean that the things are bad right um, but I think that it's important to th- it's probably like the central if this podcast is about your life why it's not about my life I mean the first episode is the second episode isn't really but the third episode is it's sort of like here's the here's I'm sort of setting up I'm like setting the scene in the first episode. Like, hey, I, moved, I came to L.A., and then the whole premise of that is like, I had all these crazy adventures when I moved here. Right. And now we're going to go on these adventures. With I'm going to guide you into these strange worlds that I encountered when I came to this city. It's not, like, it's not like this happened to me. This is my life. It's like I was a part of this crazy thing that happened. Let's, you know what I mean? And so the idea is that you're the picaresque figure who takes us to these kind of cool little stories. But I, I would just say that if you answer the question of like what are you learning or like what unfolded that like took you from one place in your life to another place that was meaningful 
it will be better. Oh, yeah, totally. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, that arc will play out. And I'm speaking in the abstract, the not having heard the recent version. I'm not saying that you haven't done it. I, I just think this is how I think about That arc plays out, I think, personal over the three stories, but not in that episode. Like, we, we start with Trilogy at this point, and we end it at this point. Right. And we sort of step away from that in the middle. So what's the evolution of your character? Um... I just feel like it's like I, I found a home here, you know? Like, I made a life here that was good. Yeah. Before that, I was just sort of, like, rambling around and, you know, just being a rambling man. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I came well, that, here. I found professional success. I started a family. Like, it's I think that's that, good. You know, that's the arc of my life in L.A. I think I that's good. I up here and with, I think like, $200 just... and freaked out. Do you mention that in any of the stories? Yeah. The $200? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I can't remember that it's part. It's not in two. It's in one. Okay. Yeah, so it's like, it's in some ways it's sort of like a cliche. Not a cliche. It's a coming of age story. Well, no, it's like a coming to LA story. Right. And making it. It's about like making it in LA. You it's know? about home. It's about home. It's about home state. But there is an example of that in the second episode. Um, you... And in some ways, Where you end up doing like a contrast of that. It's about someone who came here and made it, and then everything fell apart for them. Right. And they lost it all. And I'm meeting them at the bottom as I'm on my way up, you know? I think that these type of reflections are good. I'll just patch these into the story. <laughs> I, don't, there, I don't think it's a bad idea. diner ambi all of a sudden in this <laughs> I don't story. think it's a bad idea. Then we can do it as a crossover with the Astro. Crossover with Astro? I think that's a good idea. But there's an example in the second story where you're, because you end up doing sound on, on a film shoot in L.A. Um, and I think that, like, there, you had told this story about how you had done sound when you were living in New Orleans. Mm -hmm. And I was like, it was a really funny, hilarious vignette, but it hadn't been connected to what you were doing here. You had said, like, oh, it was like a blip or whatever. Um, no, I say it planted a seed. You say I planted a seed. Yeah. I was like, that was why I thought moving to LA would be smart. I had I some like, oh, confusion over like what you were trying to do, though, that yeah, you probably ironed out since then, which One is like... One can only hope. <laughs> it's like, do you want to, you know, what are you trying to do? What it, I think there was like some contradiction in there. What do you I, mean? There, there was something that I remember being contradictory about like whether or not you were like basically pursuing a career or like what you had hoped to get out of it. I mean, I came here with the expectation that I would get jobs doing sound and film and television as my day job. That was your plan. Yeah, so that I could freelance as a reporter. Because in everywhere else I lived, I was my day job was working in restaurants, and I was like, right. You know, and then you end up being a reporter in the end. Yeah, but and then I I never once worked a paid sound gig in LA <laughs> on a film <laughs> or television set. You know, I mean, I worked that one movie, but didn't pay anything. All right, you sorted it out. I don't know. I think I did. And then, so we find you as a journalist or whatever at the end of episode three? Yeah. And then what happens? What else do you want to tease for the, the listeners um, of the Astro? One of the episodes is going to be a collaboration with uh, the podcast Love and Radio. What? Yeah. It's about um, the former voice of Ronald McDonald, who is now a pornographer who convinces straight men in the military to have sex with him on camera, and he sells the videos. What? That's going to be one of the episodes. Um, when he the, was the voice of Ronald McDonald in, in, in all of the like Spanish-speaking ad campaigns. So okay. in the cartoons and in the ad commercial and the commercials, he did the voice of Ronald McDonald in Spanish. And prior to that, he was a child star in the world of Christian music, singer. It's a great story. Um, so is, is he? I don't want to give too much away. <laughs> uh, and then <laughs> one of the stories is about. Uh, a friend of mine who for a brief period lived in a desert utopia and I went and visited him there and helped him build this shelter that he lived in out there and it takes a turn into this into the world of architecture and we will compare it to I mean so the place he lived was I don't want to give any more away than that yeah uh, stories about a friend of mine who got some inheritance when his father died and he used the money to put up a billboard of his face on Sunset Boulevard to try to um his own face. Launches music, yeah. Um, 
to try to launch his. What? One of the stories is about launches what? Uh, his music career. Oh. Another story. Will we is hear about his music. My first paid job in LA ever. First paid gig was I was a researcher for a court television show. Oh yeah. That's so why I delve into the history of when California decided to put cameras in the courtroom and how that created uh, this genre of television, reality court shows. That's a fun one. Um, and I think that's it. I'm going to do six episodes, or six new ones. And they're going to come out? in a rerun in there May 22nd. And every week they'll be coming out? Yeah. Can we subscribe? You can subscribe. It's called Welcome to L.A. It's already, like, there's a trailer up or something? Trailer will go up in the next two weeks. So we can't subscribe until that's up, right? You cannot up, subscribe right? right now, yeah. Welcome to LA, L.A. By David Weinberg. By David Weinberg. Check it out on your podcatcher of choice. Yeah, Apple reviews, whatever, whatever. <laughs> what, do you want the people to review on, on... Well, iTunes. or No, they don't call iTunes Do anymore. you have a trailer yet? Yeah, trailer's done. Cool. I want to hear it. I'll send it to you. Um, and I want to subscribe. And I want all of you guys. To, actually, maybe we should just maybe we should just take over the Astro feed with with Dave's life. So then you could, you know. Well, I don't get think we should our, take over the feed. I think we should, we can, I'm happy to drop one episode, but then I want all these people to go subscribe to the other feed. You know. Also, we're gonna have a bunch of parties in LA. Really? Yeah, to celebrate the show. This is not confirmed, but I'm probably gonna be hosting co-hosting an event with the Moth. Congrats. Uh, yeah. That'll be really fun. And then I think we might do a couple other, like, happy hour parties when the episodes come out. Launches. Special guests will show up. I'll DJ some music related to the show. Nice. Look for those. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be really fun. If the show's a bomb, at least we'll have some good parties. <laughs> show's going to be great. Yeah, it'll be fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> Everything's fine, Weinberg. I also have a podcast that's going to come out. We can't talk that's about that. That's all that I can say. <laughs> we can't talk about it's that. It's true. I know. I literally but look signed for an it. NDA saying I would not talk about it. So did I. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good marketing strategy. Have everyone involved in the project sign an NDA saying they yes. don't talk about it. <laughs> We're not going to have any problem with that. Eat this pie. You'll hear about it, folks. You want me to eat the pie? Yeah, I'm full. Maybe I'll have one little coleslaw-flecked uh, forkful. Get in there, man. It's fresh. Martha said. All right. So oh. we've learned how to podcast from David Weinberg. A podcasting about your life. Yeah, those little Figure tips. that out. Tips. I'm sure it's great. I, um, I, I want to be more involved. All right. Sounds good. I'll play the trailer for you when you come over to my house at three. What were you going to say? Um, I had a really fun night last night. I got to work in a restaurant, and it reminded me how much I miss it. I was just, like, so Proustian. You know, like, being <laughs> in a kitchen and, like, chopping. What was the Madeline? The Madeline it was, was chopping. You know what the Madeline was? It was this moment when... I walked out of the kitchen into the parking lot to break down some boxes and throw them in the... And there's this moment that always happens when you work in restaurants when you walk from the back of the house to the front of the house and the sonic environment shifts and you start to hear like the murmur of the dining room. And it's just like such a... I, just, I don't know, I just like feel so good when I hear that sound. And, I, and it's like the combination of like going through the kitchen which is, you know, loud. You've been working all loud. And you go through, like, the murmur of the dining room. You see all the people and the lighting is, like, nice and everyone's beautiful. And then you get out into the parking lot and it's just that cold air hits your face because you've been somewhere really hot and it's, like, quiet. And it's just, like, oh, my God. It was so nice. Yeah. It's great. Where did you work? Evely. You ever been to Evely on Sunset? Oh, in West Hollywood? Yeah. Yeah, I have. Yeah. Um, one of the dad's... At my preschool is the chef there, and we have our big spring fair tomorrow, which you should come to. It's amazing. We have a bunch of live music, and there's food, and um, tons of carnival games and cool stuff for kids. Anyway, all the parents do all this work 
for the spring fair because it's a fundraiser. So we cook all the food. So we did all the prep for the, the food that we're going to serve last night and tonight we'll do more. Yeah, and so I was like chopping sweet potatoes and peeling potatoes and chopping, cause like made like giant vats of guacamole and, you know, just prepping avocados. And Do you have knives that you? I brought my knife. Yeah, I like really gnarled up my Ooh, finger. Jeez. I have calluses, but I did so much chopping that I rubbed the calluses off, and then I cut myself on the soap dispenser in the bathroom. Oh. And I was just like, I didn't cut myself on a cooking. It was just like, I don't know. But you know, it's like. Have you worked in a kitchen before? No. It's like when you work in a kitchen, it's just like you don't know where anything is. And everyone, you know, when you work in a functioning kitchen, everyone sort of has their dance that they do to keep from running into each other. Right. And everything runs smoothly. And then you throw in, there was like seven, six or seven of us, parents, who are In, not, in addition not, to like the regular yeah. service was yeah, happening? Yeah, regular service happening. And it's just like everyone's like bumping into each other and like... Yeah, and like suddenly, you know, like I'm a pretty decent cook, but like it just throws you off because suddenly, like you don't know where anything is, and like you just feel like, eh. you were in the weeds. I wasn't in the weeds. I feel like you're only in the weeds when you're actually doing service, right. not when you're prepping. But it was great. It was great. I just missed it. You know, I missed that. That's awesome lifestyle. Maybe but I don't want to do give it every some day shifts. anymore. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I also was like, yeah, this is amazing, but I don't want to go back to it. I don't think I could ever work in a kitchen. I've only experienced that from the perspective of a white-collar food journalist. <laughs> I was going to say, if you're going to write about food, everyone should have to work in a restaurant for like at least a month. It's true. No, I would like to, you know, work as a prep cook for like a week or something like that. I, I just mean that... Have you ever read Heat? I have, yeah. It's good. I want to do something like that, I think. It made me think, oh, I want to make a documentary about a restaurant. I just want to hang out in a restaurant. Totally. Tell all the stories of the people that work there. Try to weave them together. I've always wanted to do a story about what the it wire, takes but to... in a restaurant. <laughs> well, what it takes to open a restaurant is interesting, though. Yeah. Why don't you do that with Wes? You have all this access? I, yeah. I mean, I kind of, like, pick my battles with... Because we're, we have other things that we're going to do. Oh. Mm. I mean, we're NDA? Gonna do, we're gonna, NDA? No, there's no NDA. Uh, yeah, no, we're going to write another book together. Oh, nice. You know, eventually. We have the idea and everything. Gorilla burritos? No, it's going to be a... Gorilla a, burgers? It's going to be a travel travelogue. Um, Gorilla huaraches? We don't have the title yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got tons of ideas for you. <laughs> no, I, we're going to... Um, Gorilla sushi? All right, you obviously don't want to know. <laughs> no, Forget it. Forget it. Uh, go ahead. I'm no. just telling jokes. I want to know. Can you talk about it, really? You need a travel book? Are you going to go traveling around the world, Wes? Why don't I make a radio documentary about you and Wes making your travel book? Sure. Great. Done. Hired. That'll be the new Astro. <laughs> That's fine. No, um, we'll, yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens with it. But no, tell me about it. I'm serious. He wants to do a... He, he wanted to travel the United States with me. Um, and in the taco truck? No, in a Airstream Bambi. Bambi? Like with a dope truck that we would oh. we would trail. And the smallest Airstream is called a Bambi. Mm-hmm. And um, so we would get sponsored by Airstream and Pendleton, which would do our wardrobe. And um, I like this. Yeah. Well, the idea is that so you know people think of. He, he is written about as, like, basically a, you know, 1.5 generation, you know, Mexican-American chef from Southern California. Bill Esparza has called what he does and uh, a couple other chefs around here, like uh, Ray Garcia. Um, he's, he's called it uh, Alta California cuisine, which, huh. it, like, it kind of is. Alta as in, like, raised, like, elevated? As opposed to Baja. Uh, but uh, not also in the sense that like he's elevating it to like fine dining. I think status. that's a nice resonance. Yeah, I mean, and maybe that is intended. Mm. Um, but you know, using seasonal stuff, kind of you know, playing with Mexican traditions. Um, but this book or idea would sort of present instead of talking about him through his Mexican heritage, it's like he's an American chef, yeah. and we would travel America. And learn about culture and history and ingredients in regional America and like collaborate with other like cooks and writers and historians and food people and like ag people. Sounds great, man. To like connect what's happening in the rest of America to Wes's childhood to show like this is actually, it's not an exotic, you know, he's not an exotic 
foreign chef. He is an American chef, you know? Yeah, so you that's call the idea. it bros eating food in America. Yeah, God. <laughs> in, an air, in an airstream sponsored by Pendleton. Well... <laughs> The diversity would come from, he really wants me, like, a, a part of it. And, you know, because he's like, because I'm brown and you're, like, gray. <laughs> he called you gray. Yeah. He said that in a meeting once. All right, we have 12 seconds left, so. It's good to be back. It's good to be back. I'm Richard Parks. I'm David Weinberg. And we're proud of what we do here. Every week. It takes effort. We do it every time.